an ironic media production. Visit us at ironickmedia.com. Hey, y'all, I'm Bevan. And I'm Brittany. Welcome to Be My Neighbor. Our neighborly duties are to provide real-life solutions and practices that elevate and inspire, but also remind us to not take it all too seriously. We're real-life neighbors that quickly learn that you simply cannot do it on your own, living in a competitive and fast-paced environment like New York City. Each week, we invite you into the apartment along with our metaphorical and literal neighbors to share advice on how we get through this thing called life. We don't just share the sugar. We serve up the real tea. From navigating relationships to building a career, we want you to recognize and embrace the best version of you. We want you to know that your crazy is okay. And that you're definitely not alone. Our door is always open. And we want you to know, we've We've got got your back. back. If you have recently seen a knitted blue yarn hat in your social media feed or on the news like we have, today we have the privilege of sitting down with the female founder that started this very important anti-bullying awareness campaign, Shira Blumenthal. Shira and I were connected through a mutual colleague who was raving about the campaign, hashtag hat not hate, being that we're stemming off of October's National Bullying Prevention Month and all that really you've been able to do to raise awareness surrounding anti-bullying. So we couldn't be happier to have you here with us today. I think you're our first official guest that has started a campaign like this. Yeah. So goodness, I feel thank so special. You. <laughs> thank you. It's amazing when you see something take off and we're just like, wow, this is, we have so many questions surrounding it. So we really appreciate you taking the time to sit down with us today and be a part of it. Oh, thank you so much for having me. So we've been able to read more about hashtag hat not hate and love the message behind it. So how did you come up with this idea? And can you explain a little bit more about what it is for our neighbors that aren't very familiar with it yet? A hundred percent. So hat not hate initially started in 2018 as I was the brand ambassador for Lion Brand Yarn. Lion Brand Yarn is a family owned and operated business. It's a hand knitting yarn business. And I'm actually fifth generation in the business. Wow. So a lot of yarn my whole life. <laughs> a lot of yarn. What is something that you just like passed down from generations to generations? Like I can't imagine fifth generation. It's so unique. I mean, literally, I become the yarn girl wherever I am. That's that's <laughs> it's not like honestly on dating apps, I'm the yarn girl. Like yeah. that's who she is, you know? Like the it. yarn girl. <laughs> the hot yarn girl. Yeah. The hot yarn girl. Thanks. Yes. Um, yes. I think, I think that there's just something so special about it because I think when we do, we think of our grandmas, we think of those old blankets, we think of granny squares, we think of that kind of stuff. So there's something very special about it being five generations of that since 1878, which is such an honor to be a part of because especially as a family business, family businesses never normally last that long mm, um, because mixing family with business is a whole other business. Yes. Yep. So, <laughs> Amen, I live sister. That. I live that. <laughs> you so, know that. You yeah. know that. Okay. So I was brand ambassador for the company and I still am. In my position of being brand ambassador, I also had a web series called Tiwishira. And on Tiwishira, I would interview mostly crafty people and they would come on on our YouTube channel, Lion Brand Yarn YouTube channel. And we would have like kind of like a little chatty session and each episode was about seven minutes long. So as someone who is interviewing people, I always 
look to find out about how other people interviewed people and other different topics, just to just broaden my mind and see what else is out there. And one day I came across this young girl who was, she was a black girl in a predominantly white school. She was nine years old and she was being teased because she didn't look like everybody else. Now I'm going to hold myself back from going and finding all those children and (laughs) (laughs) tell me about it. Tell me about it. But the the beautiful thing of this, because in, in this moment, there was this beautiful thing where this girl took it upon herself to collect dolls of color to then distribute to other girls that didn't look like everybody else. Mm-hmm. And she was trying to kind of empower them and say, it's OK, there are other people that look like you or there are other things that look like you. I thought at nine years old, wow, this girl has it. She has what we all hope that every person on this planet can have. Yes. Then I thought to myself, I was like, well, hold on a minute. Here I was, I was 29 at the time. And I had a very horrific experience when I was in fourth grade to being bullied tremendously. And now three years into the campaign, I actually, it's not even pain. It's like, if I saw this person, I'd actually go up to her her and thank her because she's given me so much. That bad in fourth grade. Oh, it was so bad. It was so bad. Days where I would come home running into my mom's arms, asking, why me? Why me? Tears. I mean, and at nine years old, you just don't get it. And of course, every when you hear about bullying in school, there's always the flip side of the bully Mm -hmm. going through things and they're not being helped properly. So then it's just like a mishmash of it's miscommunication. It is miscommunication because feelings. I mean, I'm like the biggest feeling person on the planet. (laughs) Welcome. Yeah. And I, hi, hi guys. Um, I think that it's so important to understand both sides of it. And looking back, I know she was going through a lot as well, but when you're nine, you can't, it's like your world. You're the only person in that bubble. So that's why I was so taken by this girl that was opening up her bubble and trying to help other people. Mm-hmm. And so I thought back to the time that I was bullied and I said, you know, Lion Brand has such an amazing reach on social media, like there must be something, cause this is a problem. Like I know it hasn't gone away. I just watched an interview of a young girl. Like there must be something here. And that's when the wheels started turning. I didn't have like a hundred percent buy-in from a lot of people, which is one of my challenges. Tough um, to navigate, but tough that's, to navigate yeah, to when you don't a hundred percent. And I feel like you have a lot of neighbors that listen to this that are in positions that deal with that. But super rewarding on the other end, right? Oh, you have no idea. <laughs> <laughs> oh, ladies, you have no idea. But I think that, you know, I'm, I'm looking on my desk right now and I'm looking at a blue hat that I have. We have a hat every year that I'm a part of the design to cheer his hat for that campaign. And I think the reason why we chose a hat as someone who used to teach kids how to knit and crochet, a hat is technically a rectangle seamed up. Now you can make it as complex as you want it to be. You can have something that has cables and patterns and fair aisle and designs and words and all craziness, but also a rectangle seamed up. And I wanted people to feel like they could be a part of this. And as someone who was a teacher, I felt like this was the most practical thing. Easy to wear, easy to make. Okay. So then when you thought of hat, not hate, the concept is, and this is very imperative because a lot of people like to add a, a plural hats. It's not, it's just hat, not hate. Because when you unravel the E of hate, you have a hat. 
Mm. Got it. I never we we deep dived on everything, and yeah. that just really never came to us. There it Not is. Gonna lie. Okay. There Got it is. It. That's good. Yeah, I love that. Okay. <laughs> so that's how had not he came to be, and and that was the initial thought, and then there were the campaigns that followed it, but that was how it really started. When when did it start? So it started, our first campaign was in 2018 and didn't have a lot of support. So it was a lot of me reaching out to my followers on Instagram, telling them of this crazy concept that I had, that hats are going to stop bullying. And I got it. Believe in me. Send me the hats. We're looking for 1500. And the classic part of the story is, is that my father said to me, I'll be impressed if you get 200. And I said, watch me. Yeah. (laughs) And then I got. 2600. Yeah. Amazing. Yeah. (laughs) And then I created a lofty goal the next year for 25,000. And then for 2020, I created the goal of 100,000, but then, you know, life had other plans. But I think you had 32,000. Yes. We, oh yeah. So the first year we collected 2,600, the second year we collected 23,117 and the third year we collected 32,531. Wow. Blue hats from all around the world. What does a day in your life look like managing a campaign like this? So it's basically myself and my project manager, Meg. It is, we are fearless females and I could not, I don't know how I did like the first campaign and a half without her because with her, I'm like, how did I even do this? (laughs) This is not humanly possible. So she's a very, very important element of that. And I also have other people, a part of my team that I share with Lion Brand mm-hmm. that are, you know, our social media director, Sam and Sarah, who does all the videos for Hat Not Hate. So, and Jessica, who's designed the hats, like so many people that definitely put in time, but really is myself and Meg. And what I like to call hat season for us is starting in June. June, May is when we start getting the influx of hats. And especially this year, we were averaging, and it was just the two of us because of the pandemic. We had to go into the office and it was just just us because we couldn't get help. We were opening up about two to 5,000 hats a week, counting wow. them ourselves, all 32,531, just, just our little our little pause. Yeah. And- <laughs> Like, I know you mentioned there's so many different types and ways that you could make them. And then, you know, this is the general, like people are actually knitting, crocheting them and sending them to you to distribute. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Got so it. Then okay. The concept is, it. is that they send the hats to us during hat season, which Got is, it. you know, they can send it all year. And if you're listening to this now, you can start making hats now and you can send it to us at any point and we accept them. And when we take these hats and we count them out, we divvy them up by size and we put them in boxes. And then the concept is, is during the month of October, we then distribute them to schools around the country. We then hope to educate students about anti-bullying. And now are you the one going into the school yourself and distributing these and holding these assemblies for kids? So this year... Obviously, we can't do that. We started working with now the Hat Not Hate director of education, and he is connecting us to schools and we've created a virtual assembly that we're actually on October 9th, we had our first virtual assembly with 500 students, which was amazing and crazy and really just kind of keeping a 
conversation about it. And every student that is a part of the assembly gets a blue hat. And in the past, it's just they've they've gotten the hat and I've kind of gone in and talked a little bit and, you know, had that opportunity here and there. It's so important to like actually educate them and understand how to talk to people. Because like I said at the beginning of the conversation, it's about it, ultimately, it's miscommunication. It's people not really being in touch with their feelings. Now, we can't ask a nine-year-old to get in touch with their feelings and like know what they're feeling and understand all that. Right. But you can have, like, if you have, I always say, if I talk to a hundred kids and three kids walk away being like, go hat, not hate, mm-hmm. that means that they have at least two friends and those two friends have at least two friends. And then we got at least 20 kids that are like hat not hate like my little as I like to call them blue soldiers on the ground you know spreading the message of kindness and awareness and being upstanders rather than bystanders so what is your approach to reaching these children to educating them and making sure that it makes a lasting impact and they take it with them I think that it's really being relatable right when we did this assembly and it was the first time we ever did it. And for the first time that we ever did it with 500 students, I thought that was a very big task and that it did not blow up in our face. was very impressive. Very impressive. So, and applaud to Dennis for that. But I think that it's being relatable and not coming in like, hello, I'm Miss Blumenthal. Like I'm going to teach you about bullying, you know, because I know for me as a student, when I would go to assemblies, when I was in middle school, you wanted things that you related to and that's what would stick. Cause like, I remember certain assemblies to me to this day from when I was in middle school that made an impact on me. And I think that there's something about saying like, Hey, like I was bullied too. This is why I was bullied. Mm -hmm. And he, uh, Dennis was actually bullied as well. And I was bullied and we talk about our stories. We ask questions. We have like a, you can't have 500 kids talking at you, but they chat in the box on the, in the, in the zoom box. And it's actually really cool. Some of these kids and some of their ideas and concepts, like I almost feel like they don't have that opportunity to think that way as often as they should. Mm, Yeah. Again, as I am a feelings person, but I think that if you gave kids more opportunities to talk about their feelings in a quote unquote, cool way. Mm -hmm. then I think that maybe there would be less of that. And that's really what the goal of have not hate is. And, and truthfully, it doesn't just bullying doesn't happen just with students. It happens with adults, which is, I mean, I think we've all seen that in all sorts of ways. Yeah. Yeah. Definitely. In the digital world, you know, I mean, the DM that wasn't meant for you comes to you. (laughs) I love those. I'm like, oh, thank you so much for sending. I think you sent this to the wrong person. I don't think this was meant for me, but appreciate it. (laughs) Thank you. Glad Um, to know you're looking out. It kills me to like, even a girlfriend of mine, she's a teacher and she was telling me that she was being bullied by her bosses into coming into school now because she didn't feel comfortable. They were just like, I don't care, do it. Or your job's gone. And how do you do that? You know, like it's such a, there's no reason why bullying, it it should never be a rite of passage. That's Mm -hmm. the key thing. And that's what I instill that's the biggest thing is that you can make a difference in ending this. And in addition, of course, to being relatable, like you just said, like, where else do you suggest you start? And I guess that's, I guess when you're speaking to these kids, and also, I guess, if you're a, a mom, or a parents, you know, partners, 
whatever it might be, like, how do you suggest breaking it down for them? Because I, I just feel it also transcends if it's done in school, then now it's the whole other medium of being behind your computer. Of course. And, of course. and we had media. aim. Yeah. But we yeah, had aim back had in aim. the day. Oh yeah. You know? But <laughs> this is a whole nother level. I feel oh my like. gosh. I don't yeah. I mean, the, the TikTok and I sound like a, like the TikTok. I sound like a mom right now. <laughs> I sound like my mom. The TikTok, um, yep. the, the TikTok, the book of face, all this stuff. Like I think, <laughs> I think that there's so many, there, it's overwhelming how many ways there are for people to feel left out or to feel bullied. And I, I think that just having an open dialogue and listening to your kids and listening to your friends and hearing how they're dealing with situations. And maybe, you know, I know with my niece, she's like six years old and she's very like talkative, but, you know, to ask her about her friends and, and she might say, well, and then Sammy did this. Well, what did that make you feel? Like when Sammy did that, what did that make you feel? What do you, you just said, okay, that's okay. But what do you think you could have done? What do you think are, you know, kind of asking those questions. And again, like opening up that line of communication, because I think that also as someone, I always say that like with emails and with text messages, right. We can read a text message or an email 10 different ways. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. But how is the way that they actually wanted it to come off? Right. Yeah. And that's why I'm, I love to talk on the phone. That was my favorite thing. It took me a long time to not, snap back at emails like I, like mine that were like <laughs> like not to you yeah but didn't you say you told me once that I'm a harsh email writer oh she's a very harsh texter <laughs> and like a harsh email writer to people even and I read them and I'm like yikes like this very warm very good-hearted like she just sounds like and I think it's the use of periods really like it really just like <laughs> slices it off and in the beginning, when I was first meeting her, I was like, I don't know if she's a little annoyed. I don't know if she really does want to hang out. I'm not whatever. But it was just like that was the way she spoke. So I think it's yes, there's all again these different mediums that were. If I used the used punctuation to- that I actually am intending, it would be the most obnoxious email on the planet. I'd be like, hey, exclamation, exclamation, exclamation. Oh my God, it's so, you know, like, so I tone it down. My mom loves exclamation points. She's an exclamation point. My mom's the opposite. She comes off as the meanest person on email. (laughs) She is so, even my husband's like, yeah, is she all right? Like, and that's just that she's so blunt and you're like, yikes. But yeah, it's a whole different type of speak that we do nowadays to be interpreted and just ways of getting around it, picking up the phone. <laughs> yeah. Picking up the phone is one, but also like, like I said, with, with, you know, dealing with kids now, I think that it's really being in the know. I think that, you know, I was very lucky to grow up with a mom that was not in my business all the time. Having that casual conversation, depending on how old your child is, hearing who they're hanging out with, Hearing like the dynamics of that, hearing, oh, there was an argument, what happened, talking about it. Again, that communication is so important because things get lost. And like, if you're not invited to a Zoom party, I don't know if kids do that at home or like, I said something on the, I said something about Pokemon on the assembly and all my coworkers made fun of me. They're like, sure, no one does Pokemon anymore. I was like, I thought it was a thing. I have no clue. Yeah. We have no idea. (laughs) (laughs) But, But I think that, 
having that open line of communication or at least putting it out there to your kids, I think is so important because I think that if your kids know you're there and that you're not in like their business, there's more of a chance of them coming to you and talking to you about it. Well, what I like that you said that was, I think is really important is asking the questions and empowering the children, letting them come up with the choice themselves Mm -hmm. in ways that they could either aid a friend support themselves, ask a question of another child who may be the bully, whatever it is. So it's opening the lines of communication with curiosity as opposed to who somebody is, what they mean and why they're doing what they're doing. A hundred percent. And and it's really, and then in, like you said, empowering them to kind of make those right decisions or assisting them in, you know, giving them tools to make those right decisions. Yeah. How do you feel, you know, you mentioned before that the person or the group that bullied you back in the fourth grade, you would now give them a hug. Yeah, because I'm not over it. (laughs) I'm not as evolved as you are. I'm not over it. Carrie High School Girls, you know I'm not over it. Bevin's High School Girls. We (laughs) Older girls were always very mean to us, but the territory and whatever, it just is crazy when you're... So it's funny because like up until I was like 29 years old, I had like such anger for this human being. Yeah. Straight up. The pain that she made me feel like, how does someone like that get the privilege of just walking away with nothing? And here I am 20 plus years later, still dealing with it. Like that doesn't seem like a fair swap. No. However, hat not hate where I was just asking for blue hats for these kids to feel empowered and seen and know that at least some person out there has your back has morphed into every day I open up letters and packages. I'm emotionally exhausted. Mm -hmm. We've gotten letters from people that is so much as an index card with a child's name written on it and their birth date and the date that they killed themselves and that these hats are a memory of that person and that there should be change. Yeah. Never in a million years did my pain ever think that it would transform into this. Never in a million years would I think that someone, a beautiful human being that was a part of our community, his name was John. He suddenly passed over the summer, but he was someone that found out about Hat Not Hayden in my first campaign. He came up to me. I I went to this club downtown in the East Village, Club Coming, and they had a knit night there. I, I came in and I talked about how not hate. And he came up to me and he said, Shira, I'm going to help you. I thought he was crazy because I was like, you, I mean, like, yeah, we just cried together. But like, other than that, like, why do you care so much? He was bullied and he took on Hat Not Hate so much so that he kept on posting it on his Facebook and everything. And one of his bullies reached out to him and apologized. Wow. How many letters of that level that I've gotten, how many letters that I've gotten that people have gotten their kids involved in making hats? How many letters have I gotten from teenagers that are making hats because they feel alone, but they don't want other kids to feel alone? Never. Here I was just thinking about the kids. Like I didn't actually, I know knitters and crocheters and, and loomers and weavers and dyers and crafters, fiber artists were, they're such, they're such a giving community. So I knew that I could count on them, mm-hmm. but never did I think that it would help them. So to answer your question, I think that she's given me a tool for these people to heal. Yeah. And 
oh my God, that's the ultimate. Like if we could, if every person could do that in their lifetime to have such a pain and then be able to take that pain and turn it. And like, I like to say, I took some lemonade and I made some pretty awesome blue lemonade, or I took some lemons and I made it into some pretty awesome blue lemonade. What a privilege. So yeah, I would thank her, even though I don't think she really understood what she did to me when she was nine. And I think Maybe she did. I don't know. Haven't really talked to her. But I think that it's more the appreciation that her pain that she then put on me and then my pain, I then turned it and was able to help other people with their pain and heal them. And hearing that people like one woman, she made this past year, 500 hats. 500 500 hats, 500 blue hats. She made them because... Every stitch was like therapy for her. Mm. That's why I would hug her. It just thank her. I don't know if I hug her. Yeah, we don't have to hug. We don't have to hug yet. We'll get there one day, right? (laughs) One day. (laughs) This just seems so much bigger than hats because it seems like, you know, in addition to these assemblies where you're educating children, empowering them, asking them to communicate with one another, it's also providing a community of people to share their stories and heal. What is your ultimate goal? I mean, I know as crazy it is, and I actually mentioned it today on my live streaming show. My goal is to end bullying. And I know that it's really lofty, and I know that it sounds crazy. And like, as I say that to the both of you, and I'm looking at myself, and I'm like, I'm in my childhood bedroom <laughs> living with my parents right now. And I'm like, I want to end bullying. <laughs> like, yes. it sounds a little crazy. But I've also learned that you, I really can't doubt myself. Mm-hmm. And, th- and this is to all the neighbors out there. I think that You are the one person you have always on your side. Anyone else is an added bonus. So you always have to believe as lofty and as crazy as your dreams and wishes might be, they will happen if you make it happen. That's it. No goal is too big for us. We really like, it's like, it seems like a very big thing in the future, but look what you've done in just a short amount of time. It's like every year has just progressed and progressed to get a woman to knit 500 hats. It's just incredible to going from what you, you know, 200 to 2,600 your first year. That's unbelievable. It's crazy. So you're making a huge, huge difference, Shira. And I hope to raise a child one day that really understands this and is not a bully and is a leader and is someone that projects that onto others. Just having a developmentally disabled uncle, that was really important to my family. And it always really impacted us whenever we heard people or whenever I heard people, I literally beat up a boy, I think one time, because I was so upset, you know, when abusing that wrong word that we hate Mm -hmm. to hear, you know? So Mm -hmm. it's just like making those leaders at such a young age is is what you're doing. And it's just so empowering to listen to and hear. I just commend you. We're both in awe of what you've done. Thank you. And I, I I mean, it's not... I may have thought about it, but I have thousands of knitters and crocheters and makers out there. And I have my team of Meg and our supporters that help us. And I could not do it without them. It's not a one man band over here. How many hats for 2021? Well, the goal is to complete the 100,000 goal. Yeah. So we need to find our 60,000 plus hats. So everyone can go to hatnothate.org and they can find out all the information there. You don't have to be a knitter or crochet or a maker to support. 
You can wear a blue hat. You can use the hashtag hat not hate and spread the message using that. That's why we did a hashtag because we wanted people to be empowered on social media to use for good. Can I buy a blue hat and send a blue hat? Well, you can buy a blue hat and wear the hat. Oh, I can definitely do that. That, I was just wondering how I can give more hats so that you can do more assemblies (laughs) with all the children. Not crafty. crafty. What's my option here? If you're not crafty, there's some options. I have options, ladies. Option one is to use the hashtag, like I told you, in an Instagram post, just starting the conversation on any social media. Two is to go to hatnothate.org and to shop and you can purchase a tote bag. You can purchase a sweatshirt. We actually found a fellow Etsy maker. She's a crocheter and her favorite color was blue and she loves making hats. And I was like, well, then I have a job for you. (laughs) So actually all 2020 Hat Not Hate merchandise, a portion of the proceeds goes to our partner organization, It Gets Better, which helps LGBTQ youth and they're a global organization and they're an amazing organization for what they do. So a portion of the 2020 merchandise goes to them. Also, the Etsy maker, Marv's New York, she makes hats and you can purchase one of her hats And that link is on our shop page as well. And a portion of proceeds of her hats goes to It Gets Better as well. So there are lots of ways. And my favorite thing is the fact that Hat Not Hate has partnered with Faber-Castell Creativity for Kids and has come out with a loom kit. So this loom kit now, anyone can make a hat. Even if you're not crafty, you can make a hat. It's true. I see your you face. Sure? I see it. I, I <laughs> both of our faces. I see both of you and yes. you totally can. You okay. can do it. You really can. I promise. It also makes like a really awesome gift if you know crafty people out there that want to do something very DIY as that is seems to be the yeah theme of life right now. My so. mother-in-law can knit. So I'm, well, yeah, she's in she, case yeah. I'm going to, and she's a teacher and she's oh. a teacher. So, so we, we have the hashtag also 21 for 21. So the goal is, is that everyone makes 21 hats for 2021. And if there's wow. any teacher or school that is looking to contact you so that they can put together an assembly like this, can we find all that information on your website as well? All on the website, hatnothate.org. I think we should maybe try to come up with a way to put Be My Neighbor and Hat Not Hate together for an assembly. I just got goosebumps. I'm totally here for it. I would love that. I would love that. That would be so, I'm here for that. And Bevan and I, believe it or not, we're very relatable to to kids. (laughs) You know what, though? But I think it's important for kids to see, like, you're relatable, right? Because I think that kids you know, people listen to podcasts and bloggers and all that. And so you're not just like someone that's coming in like, oh, I'm so-and-so, you know, you're relatable. And I think that when you have that angle of being relatable and you can talk to them and kind of hit that note with them, at least one of them will listen. I don't think I'm going to walk out of an assembly with 500 students that all 500 are going to be like, yeah, that's not realistic. I would love that. That's not realistic. I think that having a goal of five or 10 that are really like, yeah, that was awesome. Mm -hmm. They have five or 10 friends. And then that's how it spreads. Brittany and I are big pushers of kindness as a way of life and it only making your, your life fuller and bigger so we would love to talk about that. Yeah, that would be cool. I'm here for it. We'll talk after. <laughs> okay. Sounds great. Thank you so much, Shira, for Shira, coming thank on. thank you. And we can't wait to see where this campaign goes in the next and couple all of years. you do. It's amazing. Yes. Uh, thank <laughs> Your you big heart for everything that you do, for giving us all a place to go. So thank you very much for everything you guys do and for having me. 